All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first edition of Inside Futsal. And there is no person better suited to join me on the journey to the new show than our great friend, the knowledgeable, super talented, the doctor, Andre Cotto. Andre, my friend, how are things with you in Australia? Uh, things are going not too bad. I'm recovering from COVID at the moment, but I'm pretty good. But I'm very excited to be on the show and very excited to be your first guest. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, man. Well, you're absolutely fantastic during the World Cup. Everybody should be watching your show. I mean, I mean, you got like everyone wants to, you to do a show. You know what I mean? You got the Andre Cotto show. I mean, you got Cotto Futsal going on, Futsal and Proud. I mean, there's a lot going on with you, some great guests coming up. And uh, no, I appreciate you, uh, you know, over the years, including me. And, um, you know, it's always been something I always like talking futsal. So, Inside Futsal has been around for a long time, but now it's time for the big show. And uh, I, we got a lot to talk about, my friend. And I guess, uh, you know, without further ado, let's just jump right into it, right? Let's get some Futsal. Yeah, let's way. do it. All right. So Futsal Planet hours ago released the awards for the 2021 Futsal Awards what did you think, my friend? Did you have a look? What did you What did you like? What did you not like? And uh, you know, let's get like it. Jump right into it. Look straight out. Um, uh, as a Brazilian, I'm pretty happy that the the main play, the main the women's best player of the world are Brazilians. Uh, however, there is some controversy, and uh, and I understand why people are upset. Some people are upset, especially the Portuguese people. But we're gonna be talking about that, and, and I'm gonna be saying why I think that. They did. Uh, I'm gonna put out there already. Penny, Penny could have been the best player in the world, but I'm, but I'm gonna explain why they didn't give it to him. I gotta hear this out there because I'll be honest. When I voted, I put Penny as my number one. Look, uh, yeah, are we gonna get to that point right now? Or we want to start from the start. No, let's go from the start. I want to hear it all from you. You're the doctor. You gotta diagnose this. All right, so look, the, everything started, Penny had an amazing year, uh, outstanding, won everything, won everything you can imagine. However, he didn't get the best play in the World Cup, and, and they gave to Ricardinho. People, some people agree, some people don't, but I think that was the excuse that, that Ferron needed to, to win the, world, to the, the best play in the world. If, if Penny had won the best play of the World Cup, that was it. There was no chance that, uh, they would have given to Ferron. But because they gave to Ricardinho, and some people might not agree with that decision, that was the excuse for Ferron to win the best play in the world. You know, I, I, I thought about it a lot because uh, it was such a, a controversial topic today. And you know what? This is a good thing. It was kind of like, you know, in football where everyone was like, how did Lewandowski not win the Ballon d'Or? And they gave it to Messi. The more people are talking about futsal, it's a good thing. And differences of opinions, we love it. Nobody wants the same bread and butter all the time. For me, I put Pani as my number one out there. And ultimately, um, you know, he won everything, you know, was sitting there, eight goals leading Portugal to the World Cup. I mean, the, the, the title was his. And you are absolutely right that, you know, Ricardinho winning the World Cup, um, you, know, you know, top award, you know, probably gave an out. But the vote was relatively close. And I think, to be honest, there's a little bit, of kind of a branding issue. I mean, you look at when Falcao had won all his awards and, and Ricardinho won all his awards. People know the name. I think we need to build all of our superstars in futsal a lot more. There needs to be a lot more branding and promotion of these stars. That's how basketball got big in the 80s with Magic Johnson and, and Larry Bird. And over here at futsal, 
I mean, how many people that were just casual futsal fans really knew what was going on in the Champions League, what was really going on uh, until the World Cup happened? And, and a lot of people were watching Pani for the first time going, oh, this guy's the real deal. You know, what's going on? But when you saw the name Farao, it was like, ah, okay, this is the guy. He's already won two awards in a row. Now it's his third. I think he's kind of like the Coca-Cola now of futsal, and people are acknowledging. So I think that kind of also might have had a play in it. But uh, I think you're spot on that that World Cup award that didn't go to Pani certainly may have had an effect. Yeah, it's, it's, you're totally right. Total, total, total right, uh, correct. But Fehon, he's got the X factor that it's... Uh, there might not be another, uh, that feeling that we might not see another, another Ricardinho, we might not see another Falco, and we might not see again another Ferron. But we might still see players like uh, Pani, in my opinion, in my eyes. So Pani had an amazing year, probably the best year of his career, and I hope he backs it up. But Ferron is that player that, like, um, we're going to look back, you're going to remember, that was the best pivot of all time. That was, uh, Ricardinho, that was one of the best wingers of all time you know so it's just that um to break it through to that best play of of the world um yeah that's that's a very hard gig i think punny could have done it and no one would be upset if punny had won it now do you see uh with the euro starting very very shortly in hours do you see punny taking uh taking this as motivation to score in the opening game Ah, for sure. I think uh, Portugal have Serbia in the first game, don't they? I believe the opener is against Serbia. That's right. It opens yeah, the whole it's tournament. Gonna be, it's going to be a hard game. Serbia is a very defensive team, as They're we saw in the World team. Cup. Uh, they, it's, they could cause an upset. They, if Portugal doesn't perform, Serbia could win. That's a, a game that we can't just discard uh, Serbia. But... Uh, yeah, I think Pony is gonna have to prove again, and and that's the job to be the best a player like Ferron. You have to every time win Golden Boots, every time win MVP, and that's what Ferron has been doing the last few years, and that's why he's been winning everything. Well, let's look at some of the other awards out here. I mean, best young player, Zikite. Any surprise there? Nah, no surprise. He had an amazing World Cup. He had an amazing Portuguese league. He the the kid is a. Uh, he has a very bright future. He's a star. He's a stud. And you know what? I, I sat down with him a couple times over in Lithuania at the World Cup. He is friendly, super humble. Probably because so my good. Portuguese is so bad and his English <laughs> isn't the best out there. But he's such a great kid. Super. But remember in the World talk. Cup, we were talking uh, that Portugal was going to miss Cardinal. And in fact, they didn't miss Cardinal in the World Cup. Ziki just, yeah, he, he did the job amazingly. That he stood up out there, and, and it's unbelievable now that Cardinal is going to miss the Euro again for Portugal out there. I mean, yeah. the luck that this poor guy has had out there. I saw him in 2012 play along with Ricardinho against Brazil and in Thailand, but I'm going, oh my God, this guy is unbelievable. So, you know, yeah. Portugal, you know, you know, did they miss him? I mean, they won the World Cup without him. I mean, they'll they'll be able to move forward out there in Ziki. This is his opportunity to continue. This 2022 could possibly be his year to step into the role of being one of the biggest superstars in the game. And this award can't say anything more uh, more deserving about this kid. So with that being said, unless you got something to say, I, I, heard, a, I heard a little I, I inhale. Do. I think we have to be a little bit patient with young kids as well. Um, Futsal is a game that you need experience. You, have, mm -hmm. you need experience to be able to perform. Winning the best young player means that you're the best young player. 
But um, to take the next step, I think it could take a good five years, you know, for him to mature himself it, uh, and, and be consistent, you know, like uh, it, it takes a lot of experience. We have to be very patient with these young kids. Yeah, I think, you know, when you throw people over to the wolves, it's a little hard, but this kid is so athletic. You know what I mean? His ability to move, he is so quick and, and his confidence is only gaining, um, you know, at a rapid level. And, and, and how old is Farrell now? What is he? Farrell, he's in his 30s. I know that. He's uh, maybe yeah. 31, 32. Um, um, I might just quickly look it up while we're chatting. So let's yeah. just find that out. I mean, the, he moves like a 22 year old. That's for sure. Farrell is 31 at the moment. 31. Born in, in 1990. Well, if Zicky follows the same trajectory out there, it would be, uh, you know, not a bad career to say the least. World Cup title yeah. and maybe a you know, European title coming up for the kid too. Now, yeah, so Fejo is still go maybe a good four years, five still, yeah, at a, at a very high level. Uh, he'll play for, for years to come out there. And let me ask, men's national team, Portugal finishes first. Any surprise there? No, no surprise there. <laughs> Uh, but that's that's the thing about details, right? So if Argentina had won the World Cup, maybe they would have been the best national team. But it's just details, you know. Like I was talking to Luizinho on my podcast. Luizinho, the goalkeeper coach from Karat, yeah, from Kazakhstan and Karat. Uh, they they lost in details to Portugal, and then because of that, they they didn't go through, you know, to the to the grand final. It just yeah, it's details, but that's part of the game, and Portugal deserves to be the best team. What about you? What do you think? Well, I mean, uh, my family's from Portugal. You know, who am I? Who am I to say it? I think if anyone saw my videos online of uh, being in the arena when Portugal won, uh, I was super happy on it. But you made a really cool yeah. point about the little details separating everything, and and the next award is the guy who created those details in that semifinal game against Kazakhstan, and that's my man George Braz, Canadian-born. Four-time consecutive International Futsal Coach of the Year. I don't think that's ever been done. And he is the current reigning, defending, and undisputed European and now world champion. Could you really say that George Braz did not deserve this? No, nah, no one can say anything about that, honestly. Uh, Nobody. What he did with Portugal was, uh, you look at the Portugal team, you see some amazing players, some superstars, but the team was so well-drilled. They, everyone knew each other's role and they all had an amazing... How many goals they scored from strategies, from side balls, corners, free kicks? That, that shows the coach's work, you know? That, that shows uh, George, George's bra's work. Even yesterday in the friendly game against... Uh, who did they play yesterday against, in the friendly game? Do you, do you it was uh, North Macedonia, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they scored a beautiful goal from a side ball. And yeah, it just that, that shows that it's George, George's bra's and George's bra's assistance work. Yeah, he's fantastic. And uh, you know what? I mean, Portugal just keeps winning these awards out here. Best men's club, sporting. It's hard to say no. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. It's very hard to say no. And I'm a Benfica fan, born and raised out there. So it, it pains me to say, but they had a great team. Uh, right now, they got to be the best futsal team on the planet out there. And uh, to be honest, it was just uh, something to see. I think Portugal the won. The I want to talk that, Chris. Sure. He's uh... The competition between the, the South American clubs and the European clubs. Because when they play against each other, usually the South American clubs win. No, usually, but recently. So we saw Magnus beating Barcelona in the, in the grand final. Magnus beating all the teams. I think Boca Juniors won the, the World Cup as well a couple of years ago. Uh, so 
if Magnus had won the Brazilian National League instead of losing the final, would 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 they maybe they 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 get to the to the best club in the world? I, I mean, Magnus had an absolutely ridiculous run. I think someone said that they hadn't lost for pretty much a whole year. Like they went completely undefeated. Yeah, and you're they Brazilian. Won the National League undefeated. And then they went on the field all the way until losing the grand final. And and uh, the team, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's a Cascavel, no? Cascavel, yeah. Cascavel. That's it. Desculpa. Eu não falo bem português, Jormal. That's it. I'm working on it, though. I'm working on it. You say Cascavel in a Portuguese accent. So yeah. it wasn't wrong. Well, it's perfect. I mean, they came on. There was a couple surprises in Brazil. You had Fos Cataratas making it, you know, really far. And you kind of had the opportunity to see, you know, the, the, the deep, Futsal fan, and you really wanted to see Carlos Barbosa versus Magnus. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I always wanted to see. But I always love to see a new team come up, and and what they did over in the Brazilian league just shocked everybody because it was it was two dominant wins, like really dominant wins. Yeah, it was, and and that that shows that in the Paraná state of Brazil, the one of the states there, futsal is so strong in that state. But the thing that's the thing about the Brazilian the difference between the Brazilian national league and the Spanish and Portuguese. Spanish this year is a little bit stronger than the other teams. But Portu Portugal, you'd say, you can always remember that the grand final be between Sporting against Benfica. I can't remember the last time there wasn't. Do, do, do you remember the last time there wasn't well, Portugal, uh, Benfica against Sporting? Benfica versus Sporting, they play each other all the time. And uh, I don't want to remind you of the score because it hasn't really gone yeah, our correct. way. correct. Yeah, thank it's, you. <laughs> so, but the Brazilian National League... Every is between 10 different teams, you know, anyone can win the Brazilian National League. And that's why the Brazilians believe that that's the strongest league in the world. I love the Brazilian League out there. I mean, anytime I go visit Sao Paulo out there, uh, it's always, you know, hey, come over and visit the Corinthians complex. And I always go, you know, to Sorocaba. I try to, you know, go say over to the guys like Felipe is over there and doing a phenomenal job. That, that club is just such a fantastic club. And then Falcao, you know, was there before. Farachi was there before going undefeated and, and just losing out on the finals to a real team that was on the trajectory. I mean, that league is as fun as it gets, and I want to see more action out there. But we could have a whole episode on that. Stick into the awards, sporting, men's club. But men's club coach, I mean, hey, if sporting's getting the top club award, Nuno Diaz, what do you think? That's fair enough. That's, no uh, question about that. And Nuno's been a sports team for how many years, Chris? For a long time, hasn't Jeez. he? It's been there for ages but the thing is he's such a young looking guy you know yeah. what i mean he doesn't look like a seasoned veteran coach in his like 50s or anything like he's a very 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 big career ahead of him same with you know uh, diego and some of these other young coaches like matias so i mean the, what sporting has done in futsal has just reinvented the wheel because for years you know it was kairat and barca and inter i mean those were the big guns out there and you know portugal won a couple titles here and there but it wasn't ever that consistent threat they were never looked at as the top dog now yeah. everyone's looking at Sporting Lisboa as the top dog out there in Europe. So you know, good to you know. Yeah, I was just checking here before quickly, and the last time the, um, well, I think it's the first time ever the Portuguese. Yeah, it's the first time ever the uh, Portuguese team wins the best club in the world. Yeah, yeah that's it. Congratulations. I mean, they so the last uh, the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times were a Spanish team. So Barcelona Inter Movistar, and before that was Inteli from Brazil. Well, Portu the Portuguese won six awards. The Spanish won five and Brazilians won three. It was a clean sweep pretty much between all it three was. of them. And, uh, I mean, you know, the Portuguese Federation, you know, couldn't be happier right now. So, you know, Nuno picks it up. Congratulations. But now, moving on to your fellow Brasileiros, men's goalkeeper of the year. Break it down for me, my friend, because I know you want to talk about this one. 
Look, uh, Gita, Gita is outstanding, uh, amazing goalkeeper, one of the best in the world. But that's that's an award that so many people could have won. You know, like uh, you talk to to the Karachi and Kazakhstan fans, they think that Gita should have won. You talk to the Argentinian fans, they think that uh, Nico should have won. So it's a, it's a hard one. You got a feel for the other goalkeepers. And look, Gita is very consistent. He had a good year as well. Yeah, I mean, it's super difficult. I mean, the goalkeepers, you know, you back back in the day, it was just like you had, you know, Luis Amado and, and you, that was like no one else could touch yeah, him. Or Thiago from Brazil. They were exactly. The two. Yeah, and it was just back and forth, and I love it. And, and this goalkeeper's, you know, battle, I mean, let, let's look at the list here out there. I mean, uh, Aguita finished second, Sarmiento finished third. If he'd won his second World Cup by the age of 28, would Sarmiento have edged out for the title or no? Uh, I think so, yeah. He, uh, it's, it's, it's a hard one because he didn't win the best goalkeeper of the World Cup. So I'm not sure if him winning the World Cup would have changed much in that, in that case. Yeah, and I mean, there's so many great goalkeepers. I'm looking at this list now, Samimi over from Iran. And I mean, Dmitry, uh, you know, Putilev, I, I always pronounce my Russian names wrong. So, you know, uh, yeah. please be patient with me, my my friends over in <laughs> Russia. But, you know, Russia is one of those teams that just, you know, well, we'll get to them in the Euro chat very shortly. But going back over to the awards out there, best men's player we've already covered. But let's talk about the women. How many women's awards were there this year? Luka and Nico from Futsal Planet, we salute you because the women's game needs far more attention. And part of that is more recognition. And those Thank recognitions you. are now coming into the awards. So best women's national team was Spain. What's your take? Look, it, it, the, the hard part about the women's game is uh, they don't have an official FIFA Women's World Cup. So they have the European Cups, they have the Asian Cups. Uh, I'm not even sure if there is in a South American Cup. I can't even remember if there is an official South American Cup. I think there is, but it was canceled the last couple of years. So that's the hard part is you base the awards on uh, on friendly games that they, the Spanish team is always playing friendly games against other countries. And they're always winning against the other countries. So every time you see a game, it's them beating another country in a friendly game. And they win the European Cup. So... They deserve it to win. They, they, they're probably the best country at the moment. But we all have to work hard on getting a World Cup together for the, for the women. It's priority number one. And, and some people weren't happy that there was a big push the night before the Men's World Cup. And I'm there going, no, this is exactly the kind of coverage that you want. And every why female they player. Why weren't they happy? Uh, people wanted to focus on the men's tournament. And I'm going, guys. Come what are you on, kidding me? Please. Get out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Let's let's give the women the, the attention because I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not in Amsterdam right now or the Netherlands for this men's euro because obviously the COVID situation and restrictions. But, you know, being of Portuguese background, I do want to see Portugal versus Turkey in the World Cup qualifiers for uh, football. And then that's on the 24th. And on the 29th, if Portugal advances, they'll most likely play Italy with the winner going to the World Cup in Qatar. Wedged in between that week in Porto is the women's futsal euro. Spain, Portugal, Ukraine, and Russia. I couldn't ask for a better week of futsal and football in, in my life out there. So I really can't wait to go out uh, and watch the girls put it to the court and really show the world uh, why women should have a FIFA Women's Futsal World Cup. And 
and we've gone past the point that women should fight for their rights. They they have their they should they should have it by now. You know, like when you watch tennis, it's the same is the same prize money for the men and for the women. Uh, now I think in the in the men's World Cup should should be in the World Cup soccer World Cup. I think it's the same now already. So I think we've gone past that point that they have to fight. They should have it by now. Do the women for outdoor uh, in in FIFA women's football earn the same prize money as the men? I'm pretty sure now it, it, they yeah. do. Yeah, I'm pretty uh, that's sure they, good. They, they had to change that. And, yeah, no, it's good. In, in Australia, the men's and women's World Cup get paid the same. Uh, the men's and women's national teams for soccer. Yeah, I know the Canadian team, uh, the women's were fighting very hard over here and they won the Olympic gold medal. So, I mean, they've proven that, you know, they're the dominant team out here. Hopefully, uh, you know, Canada's, you know, growth in football can happen. But, you know, for me, I'm more concerned about the futsal growth, just as you are in Australia. So (laughs) let's continue down the list. Women's national coach. If the women's national team of the year was Spain, Claudia Pons, are you going to argue anything against that? I'm certainly not. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all I have to say. Well, and and I mean the I mean Spain was cleaning house over here. Women's club, Borella. What do you think? Well, you think you think that at the moment the best women's uh, futsal is in Spain. At the moment, the best uh, women's futsal league is in in Spain. In Brazil or Spain, you know? uh, Brazil you have Leos and you, and you have uh, the uh, Taboal, two two teams in Brazil. This year they shared. They they were not one team wasn't as dominant as they, as they usually are. Any Spain, Burela was dominant. So, yeah, they won the strongest league and they should win the best club. Well, and I mean, the best club coach from the same club, Julio Delgado. I mean, congratulations. Yeah, that's fair enough. You can't go wrong there. Now, here's where uh, the best women's goalkeeper out here. Three-time consecutive winner, just like Fajal, Anna Katarina, our girl. What do you think? Yeah, it's so good to watch her. It's, um... She's so great, isn't she? Yeah, her technique is perfect. The the way that she's so passionate about playing, you know, it's it's just good to watch her, and and it's good for girls to watch her. Little girls, little girls should look up to her and and want to be a, a goalkeeper, you know, a futsal goalkeeper. No, absolutely, and and I mean, this has to be an opportunity now with you know three time goalkeeper of the year to become the next superstar, you know, and I mean, there's not too many women superstars. People genuinely don't know. And even when I'm doing the voting, I'm seeing names because let's face it, you know, I mean, I know you're the doctor, but I know that Luca and Nico, they're the professors. And these guys are hunting futsal footage and statistics like nobody's business around the world. Maybe Steve Harris uh, is, you know, fitting in that too, you know, the legend he is. Um, But just to see some of this and, and be able to find some of the, you know, the highlights is absolutely phenomenal. So I think Anna Katarina, this girl is due for some serious sponsorship dollars and uh, hopefully she, you know, continues her trajectory growing forward. Now, before I get to the woman's player of the year, best referee, Juan Cordero from España. This is always a, a difficult award to give out. Um, I mean, it's just the appointments... You know, a lot of appointments for referees are political. We know this. Um, but we also know that there's some phenomenal referees out there. What was your take uh, out there? I mean, Cordero's had a phenomenal career so far, and he was at the World Cup and had a great year in Spain. What was your take? Look, last year, I watched a lot of the Spanish League because I, we were in lockdown here, and it was I was just staying up and watching the games. And Cordero, and there was another referee, they were always referring together in the main games, in, in, the, in the top games. Alejandro Cord- Flores, maybe? Well, I don't know. I, I can't yeah. remember his name. I know, I know that they were always together, and, and they do, they were the standout referees for me. 
But what I like watching about Cordero, he's uh, you look at him and he's professional. You know, like he's so confident. He respects the players very well, uh, very respectful. You know, and talking a good in a good way to the players. I think he's good. He's someone good. He he reminds me. You know, when you the Italian soccer referee, the bold guy, uh, Pier uh, Luigi Colina. Yeah, Colina. You know, some a, a gentleman. He reminds me someone that other refs can look up to. And players respect. Correct. That's it. And if I'm not mistaken with that award, and I'm just going to actually check it right now, is it's in the second top one. five. Well, it's a, it's a second uh, referee of the year award, if I'm not mistaken, right? There was a couple of refs yeah. who in the previous uh, years, um, you know, were dominant, but didn't get nominated this time. However, three of the top five vote getters uh, were female, right? So we got the Chiara Perona, Maria Pinto, and Irina Velakanova. I hope I pronounced that right, Irina. Now, there, we so. still don't have a women's referee. Huh? Hopefully soon we're going to have the award. I think it would be great. I mean, you know, they, they can hang with the men. We certainly saw that at the World Cup. Some of the best yeah. referees out there. I mean, I, I still... Yeah, we, uh, had the, was... we had the Argentinian girl. The, the, she refereed a few games. And the Colombo or Paraguayan girl. No, Venezuela, maybe. So there were two girls refereeing and the Iranian girl. There were three. Yeah. Maria Pintos from Argentina, and there was the Chilean, uh, Valeria uh, Chilean, Palma. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, she was great. Yeah. And my, my favorite referee of all time, still to this day, is, is a female, and that's uh, Renata Lecce over from Brazil. Uh, I mean, Renata mm. was just fantastic. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak in English instead of trying Renata and you know rolling my R's with the yeah, H in, in, in Portuguese. Man. But the Argentina referee, she was amazing at the World Cup. She was so confident, you know, like if there was fantastic. a women's referee of the year. Would it be nice to give it to her? Yeah, I mean, she finished fourth out there, and it's something to see, you know, out of the top five referees, three of them were female out there. And the, the, the future trajectory for the female game, it's unlimited. Yeah. And, and, it's, and this is not a, you know, it's like, oh, you know, we're being, you know, fancy and political. We legitimately believe it. I was raised by my grandmother, my mother, four aunts. I have two kid sisters, and I have two nieces. It's important for the women's game to grow out there just on a you know a fundamental sense let alone yeah, philosophical look, my wife is a futsal player so and if i have a daughter she's she's not gonna do another sport she's gonna play futsal i'm telling you so let's grow futsal right now for i love it maybe girls. maybe maybe a future uh future australian national uh coach out there or if our national player for you guys eh oh uh, we're kind of that all right well listen the, the this is the award uh, that I'm most happy about. I mean, let's be honest. George Braz won his fourth straight national coach of the year. Fahau, three straight men's player of the years. Anna Katarina. And now, eight times the female futsal player of the year. At the age of, what, 26 years old? 26. And she's got Is she only 26? Eight. She's 26. Maybe 27, worst case, but no higher than that. I was pretty sure she was 25 last year when I sent her a message uh, getting her on the show. Eight times in any FIFA award. Not Ronaldo, not Messi, not Falcao, not even Ricardinho, but Amanginha winning the eighth consecutive award I, I, I can't stop saying eight because it's just such a ridiculous yeah. number to win eight and not even hitting 30 years old tell us as a fellow brazilian how how big is this girl and why isn't she the biggest name in all of futsal today uh look uh she she she's amazing first of all she she's a she's a role model for all the girls to follow and she's a and for a long time she's been playing brazil 
recently she moved to Spain and she just played her first game. She scored, she scored I think one goal in, the, in her first game and, and had a good game. So I'm looking forward to actually watching her this season in Spain. And I, and I have a feeling that she's going to win everything in Spain as well. As soon as she gets used to the, to the different game of Spain, more tactical, more, more strategies. But yeah, it's so good and she's so young. We might not, might not see a player ever again to win that many, many awards. I, I can't imagine it. But I mean, this is one of those cases where it's like eight by 26. Maybe someone will correct us and she's 27. But even if she was eight titles, I mean, that's just something unbelievable. And I mean, if she dominates in Spain like she did in Brazil, this she, she could get to a decade. She could get to the 10. Could you imagine and a I'll, decade and I'll tell of you something. I, I just create, I'm, I'm creating a collection of NFTs. And then in the collection, uh, I'm going to put out there so people can hear as well. The collection of NFTs is called Futsal Legends. So I've picked lots of legends. These legends, uh, I've already got 20 legends, Falcão, Ricardinho, you know, uh, Neto. There's lots of them. And I have got Amandinha as one of the legends already because Amandinha should be, should be a Futsal Legend. So the two legends I have in the women's game is Amandinha and Vanessa. Vanessa, another Brazilian, that won twice before Amandinha. I, I, let's be honest here. If she didn't kick another ball for the rest of her life, she's an automatic legend. I mean, she's got title after title, eight consecutive, though. I, I, I can't stop saying it. It's unbelievable. So I wanted to finish off with her because I think she's the she should be the biggest superstar in all of futsal. Forget female futsal. I'm talking all of futsal. And if there's any people out there with any ties to companies and sponsorships, this girl is humble, polite, talented, beautiful, everything you want in a top athlete out there. Sponsor this girl. Give her the money. She deserves it. And she's not stopping anytime soon. And on top of that, she's got 395,000 subscribers, uh, followers on Instagram. And she's got a big following. Uh, a lot, everyone in Brazil follows her. So she's going to be a good person to sponsor. Not just an influencer on the court, but off it as well. So definitely yes. put the, put your money where this girl's shoes are because she's she's cash money for the next 10 years of her career. So for sure, that's the awards out there. And my goodness, it, it was it was so great just hearing everyone on Twitter and Instagram going back and forth on who they wanted. It was it was just great to have futsal conversation the same way that you have it with football or you have it with ice hockey here in Canada or maybe Aussie rules down where you're at. I loved it. It's 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 almost like a second Christmas when Luca puts out that tweet and it's like we're gonna we're gonna name the awards tomorrow and it's like all right I can't sleep now so you know <laughs> I, I just want to thank uh, Luca and Nico from Futsal Planet. Uh, everyone should support that site. Um, I think their their line is addicted since the 80s, online since 97. So, uh, you know, everything those guys do, I just got to say. And it's so, it's so original, you know, you go to their website, still looks like uh, one of those original websites that, yeah, it's got so much history and, and that's that, that goes to prove that, yeah, it takes time to build a, a good brain as well, like Futsal Planet. Football no planet is a is a plan is a brain that everyone respects. Absolutely, it's it's fantastic. Anytime, I mean, I've I've met uh, Miko. I've never met Luca, but I sent him a little gift over from uh, the World Cup just just to say thanks. You know, for everything. Yeah. It's it's the inspiration. You know, when Actually, when you get I'm gonna some... show you my gift here on the show. Just give me a second. Oh, bring it out. Let's see. So about about a week ago, I don't know if you guys are gonna just look at the video. I received this letter here from from Chris. By the way, actually, I haven't, I haven't taken it out of the letter. I've just no, opened, no. I looked and I, and I didn't take it because I wanted to do this on a video. So there you go. 
I didn't go to the World Cup, but some something from the World Cup came to me. Oh, that's awesome, man. I'm so glad it it's, got to you. Yeah. That it was is. there. That's a cool pin. Yeah, so it's uh, it's essentially uh, a replica of the uh, the World Cup trophy, but mixed in with the Lithuania 2021 logo. And that's it. So, you know, just, you know, pins are a great little keepsake. I, I keep yeah. all of them out there. And, um, you know, you're just such a, a great influence out, not just in Australia, but around the world of futsal, showing kids how to play on yeah, the court. one of the things videos. that I'm going gonna to take the plastic out because in 50 years, I'm going to sell this. <laughs> you're going to put it on eBay in 10 years. That's what you're going to yeah, do. That's it. <laughs> well, let's, let's go down the list, man. We talked all about honestly this could have been an episode just on the futsal planet futsal awards but in a couple of hours euro 2022 is here i just rubbing my hands in glee covid unfortunately hurt the tournament where there's no fans and i can tell you the knvb the dutch federation has done a superbly ridiculous job in putting this tournament together the marketing has been the best marketing i have ever seen in futsal in my life the videos, the special guests, everything that the KNVB and UEFA did on this was absolutely fire, like my little nieces like to say, and I'll try not to be cool and say it again. But the marketing was phenomenal, and it's a shame that the fans won't be there for at least the first two rounds of uh, match days. But hopefully restrictions lift in the Netherlands, and the Dutch can get a taste of that delicious futsal soup. But the cool thing is that the games are going ahead out there. And it's the first time that we're doing 16 teams. The sad thing is that this tournament's only going to be four years. The thing I loved about the Euros is that it was every two years. And it was just it was just one of those things that you always looked forward to uh, every, every other year. So, you know, a little sad about the four years, but happy about more teams entering. Uh, you know what? Let's jump into it. You know, we got Group A, Netherlands, Portugal, Ukraine, Serbia. Doctor, what are you liking here in this group? There's a lot of things I like. There's nothing that I don't like, actually. So I'm very excited about all the games in that group. Netherlands, uh, they remind me a little bit of Morocco, you know, like their style of playing and um, their freestyle back, street soccer background as well. Some very skillful players in, the, in those teams. Uh, Ukraine is always dangerous. Uh, we didn't see them in the World Cup. We saw Serbia, we saw other countries. Ukraine was a club, a nation that was usually in the World Cup. They didn't make it this time. But uh, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. Serbia and Portugal, the two World Cup teams, um, they have to go through to the group, uh, to the to the finals. But I don't know. I think they could there could be a surprise there. Yeah, I got to be honest. I, I love Serbia as a dark horse for this tournament because they're just they just they're relentless. They're physical. When you leave the court playing Serbia, you know you just played Serbia. And I'll be honest, you know, they were giving Portugal a serious run for their money at the World Cup. I can't wait for that game. And, um, you know, once I, I, I'm just glad that the games are not too early. You know, it's going to be 11.30 Toronto time. Uh, so it gives me a nice time to really just relax in the morning and, and get prepared for it. But I like Portugal and Serbia to go through. Would you agree that's the same? That's what should happen. So let, let's see if they, if they make it happen. <laughs> All right. Well, Group B. This is this is a fun group. We have semifinalists from the World Cup, Kazakhstan, Italy, who have won this tournament twice, Slovenia, and Finland. Finland, with a little history uh, over uh, with the Italian national team. What do you like about this group, and who do you see moving forward? That's an interesting thing because uh, I've been studying a lot. Of, I've been preparing for a podcast I'm going to be doing with Gabriel Lima, and I've been studying the national team of Italy. 
Uh, they usually have a lot of Brazilians, and this year is no different. I think they've got eight Brazilians in the squad this year. Uh, Kazakhstan have six Brazilians in the, in the squad. And then Slovenia and, and Finland, they don't have these Brazilians in the squad. I think, I'm not sure if they have one each country. I'm not, I don't even know. I think that could be the difference. Not because I'm Brazilian, but that difference of, uh, of quality that you need in a tournament like that. Look, agree or disagree that the, the, uh, Kazakhstan and Italy have the Brazilians. Agree with the, with the take of the, with the law, with the rule or not. So, um, yeah, I, I see Kazakhstan going through and Kazakhstan just gave the citizenship to Edson, another Brazilian, very good player. So we're going to have to see what happens with Italy. Maybe one of the other two nations can beat Italy and, and finish as second best. Who knows? Hey, what about well, you? Finland eliminated them from World Cup contention out there. And I mean, you know, we talked about Futsal Planet with Miko. Miko Martic is the head coach out there. Uh, this man has no fear. The Finnish team has no fear. And if you notice the marketing the last couple of weeks, the Finnish Federation's really stepping up their efforts Amazing in their long-term strategy. Beautiful marketing. And I just came back from Helsinki uh, before I went to the World Cup. Beautiful country. Uh, they love their indoor sports. Uh, you know, hockey's one of them. As a Canadian, I've met more than a few Finnish athletes. This country has potential. However, yeah, for look, this particular I, tournament... I am half Italian. I have Italian passport. My grandparents from Italy. But um, if I was going to support a team, I should support Finland. I see Finland putting more effort into futsal than Italy. Yeah, I mean, the energies out there. Italy just had their election. Uh, you know, I think last year, it was 2021, they had the presidency for the futsal um, you know, portfolio. So we're going to have to see what they do because Italy's marketing at the past World Cups was only matched by Japan. They they had these customized designs with their futsal teams, and it yeah. was brilliantly done. I mean, I, I have some copies. I should send you some images. It was phenomenal stuff. So Italy needs to be on a resurgence. They got a fantastic first division league. Um, personally, I, I mean, I, I would be remiss if I did not take Kazakhstan first and Italy second to move on from Group B. So Group C moving forward, check this out. Russia, Poland, Slovakia, Croatia. What do you like here? Russia, Poland, Slovakia, say, Slovakia, and Croatia. That's uh, yeah, that's very interesting. That's it's, a fun uh, group, eh? Yeah, it's all the countries from from the east side there. Um, that's gonna be that's gonna be tough. There, there's gonna be some rough games there. It's lots of fighting, and Russia. I see Russia being a very strong nation. Uh, Russian could have won the World Cup, so they they have the the foundation of being a strong team. Plus, having good local players, having a, a few Brazilians. Um, yeah, so they, they should go far in the competition as they usually go. But uh, yeah, that's a very interesting group. Yeah, I mean, for me, to be honest, I think Russia were a juggernaut. It had Russia gotten past Argentina, I think they were going to make the run all the way to the final. Uh, and who knows what would have happened with the Russia-Portugal final would have been phenomenal. And to be honest, I see them topping this group, not necessarily with relative ease, but I think this is going to be where they really sharpen their blades uh, on a run to the final. I mean, the last time Russia won was 1999, and they finished runner-up, I think, what, five times. Um, so this is a team is just one of the nastiest in the world. And, I mean, for me, I'll be honest, they're my favorite to win this tournament this time around. Yeah, together with Portugal, I think, with George Brass, um, I wouldn't give credit to Portugal. Usually, if you just watch them in the, in the group stage, like in the World Cup, I, I watched them in the group stage. I wouldn't 
think that they would finish as a champion, but with George Braz now, I'll have to put Portugal together with Russia. I have Portugal, Russia in the final as well out there. I mean, you have the, the great tactician in George, plus these great talent. And, and the one thing about George, I, you know, I talk to him all the time about this whenever I see him at a tournament is, you know, what's, what's your biggest asset all the time. And he's like, we have just such a constant factory of young kids coming up and we're always infusing them with these veterans. And these guys are working together like a machine moving forward. And we saw that at the world cup. We saw that in 2018 at the last Euro, uh, a Portugal-Russia final would be absolutely dreamville for me. So, you know what? I like that. But my heart is only Spain. My heart, I want Spain to win these Euros. Just, I feel for them. I feel that they, they have so much knowledge about futsal and they deserve it to be at least respected a little bit more, you know? And they recently everyone's saying that they're not playing a good game. And I think it's just luck. They could have easily beat Portugal in the World Cup as well. They hit the post in the last second of the second half. I was at that game. My heart jumped out yeah. of my throat. I was, I was, I was very it's happy. Those about details that. we talk about. Yeah, and Spain can win this. I mean, they've won this tournament seven times. Seven times more than anybody. Uh, even if a team wins for the next three tournaments, four tournaments, Spain's still going to be top of that table. Their influence around the world is second to none. And if Spain wins, no one's going to be surprised. But that leads us, obviously, to Group D, where they're at. So who do you see with them advancing out of this group? We have Georgia, who, very nice big surprise in qualifying. Azerbaijan, a lot of great talent out there. And Bosnia-Herzegovina. Look, the thing is about Georgia and Azerbaijan. Georgia have six Brazilians in the squad. Azerbaijan have six Brazilians. And they're not just any Brazilians. Georgia have uh, uh, some... Let me just bring up the names here for Georgia, for example. Roninho, amazing player. Thales, Fumasa, Elisandro. Elisandro was the uh, pivot for uh, Inter Movie Star. So, and Corinthians. Then they have Bruno, Chaguinha. And then Azerbaijan have Finel, an amazing player. And also Vassoura, two amazing players. And, and plus the other players. So it's become a very interesting thing that these countries in the past, you just say that they, they wouldn't go far, but now they can make finals. I would still put my, I would say that Georgia will get through, Georgia together with Spain. Georgia is a little bit stronger than Azerbaijan and stronger than Bosnia as well. Well, I like it. So we got the favorites now. Here's what I want to hear. Star players, who should we look out for at this tournament and why? There's so many. There, there, there are so many. There's so many amazing players playing. Um, the, yeah, it's just too hard. I think Pani will have an amazing tournament as usual. The the Portuguese players, Pani, Eric. Um, you have the young player as well. What's his name from? Z, well, Ziki, but what's the other Portuguese name as well? The young one. Adolfo. Adolfo, na. Uh, young one from Benfica. Do you recall his name? No, it's not Adolfo, no. Uh, I'm not sure, I can't remember. But anyway, no. and then you have the Brazilians playing. In the Spanish national team, you have some guns as well. It's, uh, yeah, very, very interesting. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see what Luzano's going to bring to the table out here. I mean, after his injury out there, people are It has ready. been amazing. It had, since he got back, he's been playing outstanding. It, it's been nuts. To see what he's doing this kid is on fire if spain's gonna win he's gonna be the biggest component of this side no yeah. question about it 
So see, Lausanne is a player that you, 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 you look at him and you think that he should have won at least once the best player in the world. You would figure, but he's still so young. Yeah, Lozano, you know, um, yeah, he's just unlucky that there is some um, some superstars like Ricardinho, Falco, and Ferro. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just so many guys who have had injuries or guys who have had COVID. I mean, we saw what happened with Portugal. I mean, Bebe had to, you know, get the call up now for the national team again. again. You know, yeah. I can't believe it out there. It's, I mean, well, if you want someone who's going to replace... Do, huh? Poor two, dude. Second, he missed two big tournaments. All because of COVID. This is absolutely nuts. And he's one of the best goalkeepers out there. He is. And, and it's just, it's really sad. But, I mean, if you want someone who's going to come in to, you know, kind of, you know, be that anchor out there, uh, your World Cup winning goalie in Bebe, not a bad, uh, not a bad uh, guy to come in and do that job. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what about uh, Douglas? Douglas Jr., to be exact, out there. Then How... you have the Brazilians from Kazakhstan. Douglas Jr., Igita could be the best player. Tainan, you know, now this this new player, Edson, have you seen him before? No, is uh, has he come over from uh, Brazil recent or? He's from been Corinthians, for a while, no? so he was signed from Corinthians. Guy. Yeah, uh, he's a freak one against one. So he one against one, he's another amazing player. And then we, uh, well, you have Alex Merlin, you have uh, so many players, you know, playing the tournament. Yeah, but Douglas Jr., he he's amazing and and he's so humble. I would love to see him as MVP of the tournament. It would be interesting. I mean, what is he now? Is he what thirty seven, thirty eight years old? He's he's got to be up there now. Um, talking to Luizinho, I think he he's in the his mid thirties. Yeah, he him and Igita they in his 35, 30, 36 year olds. Yeah, did anybody have more minutes than him at the twenty twenty one World Cup? It seemed like the guy never was substituted once. The, the funny thing was, uh, um, if, not, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, Douglas was the first one and second was Ricardinho. Can you believe that Ricardinho was one of the most played players in the, in the, in the World Cup? He really? I mean, he was, where, he was coming off the most devastating the of the World Cup. Yeah, so I can't, I can't remember exactly, but I think it was Douglas Jr., Rodrigo from Brazil, and Ricardinho, the, the three players with the most minutes in the World Cup. It, what makes Ricardinho's minutes? I mean, I didn't even know that out there. And I'm sitting there going, this guy came uh, up one of the most devastating injuries. I noticed injuries. he played a fair beat. I noticed he played a fair beat. Well, I mean, he was super influential. He wasn't a, you know, he didn't yeah. have that explosive first step that we've all seen, but his his influence was beyond reproach. It was and talking incredible. to Luizinho in the, on the podcast, that, that's exactly what he said. They, they played Douglas Jr. so much. And in the third against fourth playoffs against Brazil, Douglas couldn't even walk. He, he didn't even have legs to walk. So if they had made the the grand final, it would have been really hard for Douglas. Yeah, it's, I mean, Kazakhstan, imagine being penalties away from the final and going up against Argentina. I mean, the, the, the Kazakh fans traveled. I mean, they were super friendly, super awesome guys. I, I was over the moon out there. And now they have Leo Jaragua as well, another another, another good player for, for yeah. Kazakhstan. He didn't play in the World Cup. He, I think, had COVID in the World Cup or was, was injured. He's gonna be now together with this Edson, Tainan, Douglas Jr. It's a it's a Brazilian national team that they have there. Yeah. Oh, and you're talking about the defender. Uh, um, sorry, I can't. Every time you say, I keep hearing Alfonso. Is Alfonso no? Yes. He's like twenty. Yeah, he's the like Portuguese player. He's like twenty-five or twenty-six, something like that. Maybe even younger, yeah. actually. 
Yeah, I think yeah, he's I he's pretty young. He's yeah, he's another good player for the Portuguese national team. Yeah, you're the stat man. That's it. So, is there anybody else we should be looking at from this tournament? Maybe Abramov from Russia or anybody else in particular? Uh, there is always some good players. There is the pivot for Serbia when we're talking about Serbia. He plays for mm. Haligoyka. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, there is just every team has at least a few good players to keep an eye on. Yeah, I can't wait. Well, I guess moving forward on it, I mean, we've looked at some of the players. Why don't we get some predictions? Group A, I want to hear it. You got Portugal and Serbia as your favorite? Let me just bring Group A here so I see. Yeah, Portugal and Serbia, Serbia going through. However, um, I could put my tips on ne on Netherlands there against Serbia. That, that, that game could be an interesting one. I'm, I'm going to be very interested to see a lot of the young players that the Ukraine have called up. That's a team I'm not going to sleep on. Uh, there's a couple of Ukrainians uh, that are in Amsterdam uh, that I'm going to be looking to bring onto the show to talk because I think they've been uh, one of those sleeper teams that people forgot about. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see what the Ukrainians bring, but my heart and my wallet have to go to Portugal and Serbia. Uh, Group B, Kazakhstan, Italy, Slovenia, Finland. We're going with Kazakhstan, Italy, or do you have a surprise in that? Look, I'm not sure about this Italian team. I think um, I'm not sure if they're ready. You know, uh, I always still go with Kazakhstan in Italy, but um, I hope they uh, prove me wrong. I hope Finland, yeah, tries to beat against Italy. All right, and then now, I think it's safe to say you want Russia uh, as your pick for Group C. But who do you have for second place? Poland, Slovakia, or Croatia? That's interesting one because there are three teams that we, I haven't seen in a while. I haven't. They didn't make the World Cup. Um, between the three, there Croatia has a strong league, and they have strong players. I'll, I'll go with Croatia. What about you? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna have to lean with Croatia. I did see a little bit. You know, Poland played Brazil in a warm-up game, uh, you know, or two uh, in Poland. That's true. Because they were next door to Lithuania. Um, and they've slowly built up. There's an interest growing in Poland in futsal. The quality's still not high at the top domestic no, league level. No, it was, um, it, Brazil was getting, didn't have the amazing games and still got some good results there. No, for sure. And uh, so, I mean, honestly, I'm going to tip my hat. Russia with Croatia finishing in a very close second. But, you know, they could finish top of that group. But I think Russia uh, just, they, they have a, an axe to grind after their elimination from 2021. Yeah. That's it. And then finally, we talked Spain, Azerbaijan, Bosnia or Georgia. Ooh, this is tough. I'm Who, going to you know go with? <sighs> I'm going with Spain and Azerbaijan on this one. I'll go with Georgia and Spain. I think Not a bad I... pick. Yeah, I think Georgia will, will have, look, just a little bit better than Azerbaijan. Have the, yeah, they just have way too many Brazilians now. And with Elisandro as their pivot, Elisandro is one of the best pivots in the world. Uh, I think he'll be a game changer for Georgia. Do you know how long ago he got a citizenship in Georgia? He got no longer. I think he got last year or yeah. this year. Yeah. It's amazing what governments can do when tournaments come up, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, I wish Australia had done the same for me a few years ago. <laughs> That's it. I don't know. You said you might have come to Canada a couple of years ago out there, and we could use all the talent too out here. Austra brother, but... Australia made me work for 10 years before I got my citizenship. So now I finally have the chance to be able to play for the national team. Yeah, with all the taxes you paid, you probably get your own facility at that time, no? <laughs> probably well that's perfect well listen that's our recap today the futsal awards and the euro 2022 preview uh we're going to be doing a show 
uh, every day for about maybe 25 to 30 minutes max. But today with the futsal awards, we wanted to give everybody that big squeeze of that juice. And there was a lot of juice today in futsal. And that's what it's all about. It's the best sport in the world. And one of the things that I like to do every day, I'm going to be promoting someone in the futsal community uh, that is promoting the game and trying to build it out. And there's a couple of great little books the first of which, if you want to learn Spanish like I need to, having the last name Fernandez and I can't speak Portuguese or Spanish, <laughs> this is a crime. So out there is a wonderful book from Antonio Polito Casas, and it's not even too much available. I want you to check this out. You got it? There you go. Boom. Yeah. Sueños, Sueños de Football, de football Sala. Pick it up. There's a new book that they're coming out with or that's already been released. And the second is from... Our man who works at The Guardian is an editor, and it's in English, Futsal, the story of an indoor football revolution. Jamie has gone around the world interviewing everybody from the U.S. to Brazil to Europe to everywhere imaginable, and the man's writing is excellent. I could only aspire to write like this guy, so pick up those two books out there. Great guys, great contributors to Futsal, but you know who's also a great contributor to Futsal? This man, my guest today, Andre Caro. Will you be back joining us sometime during the tournament? I know you're a busy guy, but you're just for the sure, doctor be. for a reason. You're the doctor. No, for, Prescribe it. For, for sure. I'll, be always, I'll always find time for more futsal, so I'll, I'll be in for sure. Well, listen, and people want to hear about your expertise. Where do they find you? I'm everywhere. So if you are on the internet, you're going to find me. Just where, which, where, whichever platform you are at, just look it up under Kara Futsal. I'm going to be on that platform. I love it. And his content is absolutely fantastic. Whether you're learning skills, seeing some of the best interviews in the world, or having insight and analysis, there's rarely a man out there at the level of Andre Caro. Make sure you check out all the social media stuff out there. It is superb. And he'll be joining us back here because he's one of the best guests in the world. So Andre, thank you so much for joining us, sharing your insight on the Futsal Awards and Euro 2022. I can't wait to watch in a couple hours, my friend. Now my pleasure, Chris. Uh, congratulations on your on your work. I'm I'm so honored to be the, your first guest, and I look forward to to watching you and seeing what's come for you. Well, it's a work in progress. We get the editing process out, but you know, for now, I think we're going to keep it simple, let people enjoy it. But one thing is for sure: if people listening to this have got to the end of the show, there is going to be a very, very, very special prize uh, sometime at this tournament. We're going to give away that's just going to knock people's socks off. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, social media, Inside Soccer, or sorry, Inside Soccer Mag on Twitter, Inside Futsal, everywhere else. I'm probably going to have to change the Inside Soccer Mag eventually. I think so, too. I think it's <laughs> going to happen. And then so Facebook, uh, as well as uh, Instagram, Inside Futsal, will continue all time long. But for now, check out Andre Caro Futsal and enjoy the Euro 2022, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.